0: Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. Okay, so Dave, it's been a little while now, I think, since we last talked about one of your projects, which is called ReadList. This is your RSS reader app um, just wondering how how's that going on? How sort of far are you into stuff? Because I think you when we last spoke you'd set up a landing page. We were kind of talking about you kind of getting into the the startup of the project and now I think you're perhaps a little further along you. You're probably in the prototyping kind of stage with with code. Am I right?
1: Yeah, basically um the landing page you just mentioned uh, never went live right because I'm still having an argument with myself about what I think it should be. So maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. But what I have been doing is emailing people, showing people that might be interested, kind of like the the PDF version of my landing page. So my process generally is I'll design a landing page in Affinity Designer. I kind of design out what it's going to look like on a desktop, and then I take it into code and code it. Works fine for me, that process. So what I been doing is sort of taking a pdf of that design from affinity designer and just kind of sharing it around to some people just sort of saying hey you know what do you think so i've been getting some feedback which is really cool i guess you say prototyping but i'm feeling now like i'm kind of into my stride a little bit with it which is a bit uncomfortable given what i was saying last time about <laughs> you know don't go rushing in and you know don't do any work until you've got like 500 sign ups on a landing page or i mean i haven't got any of that i've just kind of been walking into it but then i think since then i've kind of uh been distilling i suppose what what i want to get out of this app yep and my motivations for making it are slightly different to what they were back in june july time when i put out a landing page for what was called project synapse which was like a a concept for a task management notes time tracking app all in one i was approaching that with much more of a, a, a business brain i suppose you could say kind of a lot's happened in between now and then, as to where I feel my future as an iOS developer is, I suppose. And I've kind of got different motivations for making Readlist. I say it's called Readlist. I don't know if it's going to be called Readlist or what it's going to be called, but that's kind of the name I'm going with for now. Yeah, uh, I've kind of gotten reasonably far. And I'm kind of at the point now I think, well, I might as well just crack on and finish it because <laughs> I've come this far and it's, the, the prototypes have gone really well. The feedback I've got gotten has been really great. Um, some people have said this is the, the best looking RSS reader I've ever seen in my life. Please hurry up and make it and get me on the on the beta as soon as I can. Um, That's cool. Had more than one person say that to me, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I guess the motivation for me is that I'm a relative newcomer to RSS and you know I'm, I'm a sort of technical person i'm into technology and it's very easy to alienate people i mean i tried to think about if i if i was going to try and pitch my dad on rss not a technical person but uses an ipad and does fairly well um yeah considering he's not you know naturally a you know, technical person um so if i had to pitch him on the idea of rss i think that would be bad enough you know, never mind getting into things like rss backend services um all that kind of stuff you know he just the argument wouldn't be worth having. You'd just glaze over and be like, oh, I can't be bothered. So I, I, I almost want to make an RSS reader where in my marketing and in my sort of communication, I never use the word RSS.
0: Right. So, so you're you're kind of focusing, what is a an article reader, a newsreader? A reader. News reader
1: yeah. I never want to use the word RSS and I never want to have the user see the word RSS in my app again I want to try and push it as a, as a news reader, and I mean don't get me wrong you could if you know what you know say say you read Daring Fireball um, and you think I just want to add the Daring Fireball RSS feed URL into the app there'll be a way to do that that'll be fine and but if you don't know what RSS is I, I want it so that you know you can load up the app maybe it comes up with some categories what your interest and you tick some interest and you go to the next screen and then it's like okay based on your interest you might like these blogs and these the list of blog sites that come up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a curated list from my side that I put forward to people and that can maybe get them, get them started. Yeah. I, I, I guess kind of RSS for, for everyone without using the word RSS is kind of, <laughs> kind of <laughs> my, my goal at the minute.
0: Yeah. I I, I kind of see like, what you're describing there in terms of making it so, you know, your dad could use it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's uh, sort of
1: playing with different RSS apps. It does seem that there's like a, an assumed knowledge of RSS with a lot of them. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it, again, if I was to say, Hey dad, I found this cool app, check it out. He'd be like, "What? <laughs> what, what? what is this? Um, so yeah, that's not, that's not where I want to be. Um, there's,
0: there's probably an interesting history there, right? Because at one point, r s s as it was as I remember it sort of taking off. I remember there being um you know bits of desktop software or online services that would aggregate feeds for you and then there was the progression into Google Reader and obviously I wasn't really that paying that much attention to sort of the the niche at the time, but it sort of seemed like everything then fell away you know Google absorbed it. I started using Google Reader. Everybody I knew who was any sort of geek was using Google Reader. And then, obviously, Google canned that. And that was it. You know, it was like it was game over for RSS at that point. I, I think I used it as an app, um, Feedly, on my phone for a while to sort of scratch that itch. For me, it feels like RSS sort of faded out of view at that point. And that doesn't mean it's gone away. You know, loads of sites still have it. It still underpins an awful lot of things. But I just sort of feel like the the, the view from from uh, the, the general public, if you like, it sort of shifted and moved on. I think that was probably the time where I started paying more attention to, you know, the info that I was getting for news out of Twitter and that and that sort of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, so uh, to that end, that doesn't mean there's not a niche there and that it's not going to be a useful thing or anything like that. But it, I think your direction in terms of of choosing not to describe the technology too much and keeping it quite sort of high level, it's it, it's an article reader, it's a feed reader, that sort of thing is definitely the right direction. Because I think you're, you're potentially going to have to, otherwise you have to explain RSS all over again to, to a new generation, I think, in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. And I suppose this, you know, the generation you speak of now probably gets most of the, what used to be, what people would use RSS for was kind of moved to social media. Yes. Um, But I I don't know. I just feel like maybe there's there's a moment coming where people are just going to get sick of kind of the the nonsense that gets put around on social media, specifically Facebook. I'm thinking of when I say this sort of maybe it's time to take back control in that sense, kind of get a Get a news feed that that you control, not what Facebook's algorithm has decided to chuck up in front of you, which is, for the most part, nonsense, I find, (laughs) increasingly. Um,
0: Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, obviously, I've seen your prospective designs. You know, we've talked about this app a lot together, and and I'm excited to sort of see what you do with it because, yeah, I want to replace social media-driven feeds with my own set of feeds. And I I want something that presents that back to me in a a nice sort of fashion that that I can just consume on my phone or my iPad. So yeah, I I can immediately see the utility for me. So from a sort of uh, user base of one, I'm kind of nudging you on here, sort of saying, yeah, go for it, because I really want to see it. (laughs) Um, one, One thing I wanted to touch on, though, Dave, is you sort of said how your view of yourself as an iOS developer has shifted since June. And I think it might be interesting just to unpack that just slightly. I mean, like, that's obviously driving how you're approaching this development. And and, and so I guess I'm wondering, what do you think the main main kind of shift is there?
1: The main shift is that I no longer kind of have the cloud of a a business over my head. Obviously, Root Digital is now gone. That's been completely gone as of two or three weeks ago. So I don't have sort of money going out every month to keep that company alive. I mean, just for that company to stand still costs quite a lot of money every year for, you know, accountancy fees and things like that. Yep. Um, So that's gone. So I feel kind of freed in in that sense. And aside from that, kind of wondering, you know, where do I see myself as an iOS developer long-term. Route number one is that I try and sort of make it as an indie. I mean, that's kind of the dream, isn't it? Um, that yeah. I think we are both you know, would really like, is that we hit the jackpot on the App Store and we can work on our own products. Second option is that maybe someday I end up working a job as an iOS developer. Right now, I don't really feel like I've got a lot to show. If I was going to try and get a job as an iOS developer today, I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable showing any of my code for armchair because... From what I know now about Swift, I think look back and think, oh, crikey, that was terrible, some of the stuff I was doing. So I almost want to make this to be like a showpiece. So if I were to go for a job, I could kind of say, you know, this is what I've made. And I could happily crack open the code and show it to them and hopefully they'll be impressed. Um, So there's that motivation as well. So I guess the main thing is is that right now I'm not feeling like this has to be an app that is a financial success on the app store. And it's an app that is reasonable in its scope that I could complete. Maybe just put in an hour or two a day into it. Um, right. Whereas when I started to unpack Project Signups, I mean, crikey, that was big. Um, <laughs> the more the more I got Elements into that. I've,
0: I've, yeah, I, I did wonder at the time there was an element of kind of biting off more than you could could chew in some some respects there.
1: Yeah, I mean, never say never, but I think where I am at the minute this is a a project of appropriate scope should we say Um, yeah so yeah I guess that's kind of kind of where I'm at yeah (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what what do you what do you think about that
0: I think that's uh yeah that that, that's a, a very good um kind of approach in terms of what you're thinking about there for your future for having a sort of portfolio piece and that that side of things and I think there's an awful lot of value in that you know, like, if if you're approaching places um, as an iOS developer, the first thing they're going to ask you is, is, well, where have you worked to try and get a view of history? And, and if you're coming in at that from a sort of solo dev position uh, where you haven't necessarily worked in, in any other places before, um, doing iOS development at least, then having a portfolio is absolutely... The, the next thing that anybody's going to want to see. You know, well, well, what apps have you built? What have you got in the App Store? And, and actually, I think what have you got in the App Store is probably a, a more valid question and a more regular question in some ways than than kind of where have you worked before. You know, because people do, it's a, a tangible kind of uh, thing to have an app in the App Store. And it's something that people can look up about you install on their phone and then see your work straight up so i think it's a very very good thing to be doing uh i also think like what you're saying about keeping your scope quite small is again absolutely the right sort of fit you know i mean we, we spoke about this before but you are about to have baby number two um yep. and and that's going to take uh, having having baby number two is going to take a, a lot of your hour or two a day away i think it's certainly in the first sort of phase you think <laughs> yeah um i mean you know maybe not the, the balance with with kids is is always variable right like in terms of of of, of what goes on but yeah so i mean like re- reducing your scope on any project you've got going on on the bubble on the side sort of thing is is a good idea for this phase of time as it, you're sort of saying before, you you've started laying down some initial code and it's kind of coming together reasonably quickly. I think that that's a good sign in terms of like getting an MVP together. You know, I mean like your your first go of this, your first go round, is it's probably not where it's going to remain. You know, like version one point there's that that whole idiom and saying, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your version one point well, then you know maybe you weren't headed in the right direction afterwards, sort of thing. So you expect it to be scrappy. Expect this, expect it to be something you kind of bought together quick. That's that's okay. But yeah, this this is this all sounds really quite cool. I'm I'm looking forward to sort of seeing where you go with this. I'm I'm hopeful you kind of get this, at least get it to test flight, uh, sort of before uh, fatherhood 2.0 kind of happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can have a play. You know, and I think that if you can can get anything in that direction, that that'll be cool. Uh, you know, without without pressurizing it or or turning it into something it's not or whatever. Um, because then you know you can you can start filtering and grabbing feedback and that sort of thing, and and that's that sort of reflection kind of activity is probably a good a good thing to have on the bubble while you're sort of doing doing more important things, as it were.
1: To so say the biggest thing I've got at the minute that I'm trying to work out and maybe you've got some thoughts on this is that one thing I wanted to to achieve with this app was making a newsreader that is kind of in service of writers as well and supports writers the key way I was going to do that is basically when you tap an article uh, it, it just loads the article direct from the writer's website in a browser that's baked into the app I'm I don't think the majority of people will mind that again I'm sort of thinking broad market here not kind of, I guess you could call them like RSS nerds that like really know and want certain things out of their RSS reader. I'm thinking broad market. So I'm not sure the majority of people will mind. Um, yeah. And I think that's basically what writers want is for you to get on their website because I see a lot of partial RSS feeds. And the idea there is is that rather than getting the full story, you get a preview of the story and then at the bottom it will say, click here to read it on the website. Yep. So that's not a great experience for the reader, but you know, I totally get why writers are doing it because that's you know, they have to get paid, right? Otherwise, (laughs) they, they don't write anything, which is you know, it's just kind of how the world works. Um, yes, so that's kind of where I'm leaning at the minute is to just have it default to a browser. I'm thinking that I might, I was thinking of making this thing called what I've kind of labeled the clean room. Right. Where, if you were to tap a button um it would uh you'd get a view that slides over the web browser and presents like a cleaned up version of that web page where you just get the content, yep um but then I started having mixed feelings about that because if everyone were to do that um and again, this could be a thing that you could do on the like an ad hoc basis, so if you just fancy reading it in the clean room just once just tap it once you've already got the the browser open or you could have it in the settings where you know if there's a certain site that you always want to load in the clean room versus the browser it will just default to the clean room every time completely bypassing the browser
0: yeah i think um, i'll be turning that on and leaving it on potentially would be a behavior i could see myself doing
1: yeah but then i thought am i sort of taking away from writers at that point because they rely on their website for ad impressions for the most part i would say yeah. Um and then if you're going for like a clean room approach as I'm calling it is that then taking away from them I suppose the ads may load if you were loading the page and then cleaning it up and then presenting the cleaned up version so the ad would maybe count as an impression but click through rates would certainly drop like they'd yep. you know, just drop off completely because you wouldn't well, be yeah, able to click because, on
0: the ad. Exactly yeah and and it's not reaching eyeballs or anything either so you're not even increasing brand recognition and that sort Exactly. Of thing.
1: So I was sort of I feel conflicted essentially. Um I mean you've got Safari Reader that's baked into Safari, um, which essentially yep. does exactly what we're talking about. And again, like I love it as a as a user, but then I, I do feel conflicted in that it's essentially sort of harming writers that are relying on making their living through ad supported content. I wouldn't be able to use Safari Reader because I'm using uh blanking on the name WK WebView, I think it's called. Yeah, um, as opposed to the Safari um WebView. So if right. you do a Safari web view, you basically chuck it a URL and then it just loads it in a instance of Safari and you get all the bells and whistles that you get with regular Safari on iOS. So you get the reader view if it's available. Um, with WK WebView, you're kind of on your own, you have to do everything, yeah, you know, for everything yes. from refresh buttons, back and forward buttons and Safari readers off the table, as far as I'm aware. So I started looking at something called Mercury. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um, a service where you, again, you chuck it a URL. It then sort of goes through and tries to pick out just the content and then serves that back to you as data.
0: All right, Uh, okay. No, I I hadn't come across that, but... Yeah, it's a free
1: service. Looks very cool. But again, I'm kind of left in that same old position where I'm thinking, well yeah it's kind of harming writers in a way um
0: yeah if if you reliant as a developer on a a third party service as well so
1: yeah um so where i've kind of landed i think for the moment is if somebody wants to read in in the clean room as i'm calling it i mean i've still got the the rss i could just use that um as in just use the data that comes from the rss feed um, yeah and that, that would behave in the way that any other rss reader would behave because they're you know just reading rss right Um, yeah and then i feel like that way i'm kind of helping writers hopefully by sort of loading the websites by default in a browser where they can get their ad impressions i think a lot of users will probably be fine with that if they're not they can load the clean room over the top of it on an ad hoc basis if they want the clean room to load all the time again there can be a setting for that yeah so i think that's basically me kind of being as neutral as i can be in the i'm allowing the writers to have kind of the best shot essentially yeah the browser is the default and then if you don't like that or you can revert to rss and i'm and i'm not doing anything weird i'm not crawling your website and ripping out the content and displaying that like it were in an rss reader i am literally just showing what you're willing to show on your rss feed and if that's a partial feed, then so be it.
0: That, that makes sense. That, that keeps the control back with the uh, the writers themselves. And I think that's, exactly. that's the best um, kind of route of, of action. I, I, part of this, again, I, I sort of see the analogy back to, to podcasts quite directly. And I think if you're not careful, if you're reinterpreting somebody's feed and their sites too far, then it's kind of very similar to some of those podcast services um that take other people's podcasts and, and kind of put their own adverts in or, or reformat them in one way or another. Uh, and yeah. so I know I feel uncomfortable about about that as a concept. And I I think there's something there for for you to avoid with with this app is, is kind of triggering that's that sort of vibe. You know what I mean like the, the the person who makes the content, the creator, uh should get as much say as possible in in terms of how that's presented yeah
1: i think um, i'm being fair fair to the writers if i were to do it like that um
0: yeah and and, and a good app that, that does this well and, and, and any sort of reinvigoration in the platform might make uh, people think a little bit differently about how they use rss and, and those sort of um, partial feeds and that sort of thing so i mean like you know, if if there is this sort of resurgence of people going back to this this way of browsing media, well, partial feeds start to create friction, and then you're suddenly you you end up with if enough people are kind of browsing this way, then you know you're you're not serving those people as a creator, and I think the market might kind of force a bit of change there over time, if if we see this sort of broader dy- dynamic of people coming back to RSS or using feeds in in a broader sense. So yeah you know you might not see it forever as a thing.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean I was talking to one person um who's quite well known. Um I won't name names, but we sort of got talking over email and kind of the the conclusion was that like RSS sponsorship isn't what it used to be and a lot of writers just you know can't make it work. So uh, what what options are you left with in that case? Essentially, RSS is a stream of content that you're putting out there that basically you don't make any money from. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go to the, someone's website and read exactly the same content on a web page with some ads that support it, put it in an RSS yep. feed, and if you know everyone reads it through an RSS reader, then you're literally making no money. And maybe some writers don't mind that, but surely it would be great if they could make some money as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I suppose that's where you start seeing people think, well, I'll just I'll offer a partial feed and then hope they click through to read the full story. And then I get the yeah. ad impressions and, and that. Um, yeah, I think I'm just best placed trying to being as neutral as I can, not trying to have my own agenda and being sort of really pushy with it and be like, this is the way the web should work because yeah, who who am I to say how the web should work? People will decide how the web will work, not, not just me. Um, so I think if I just kind of remain as neutral as I can, Default to the browser first, and I think again, I think most people like I think of, like again, my dad, he would just tap an article, load it in the browser, brilliant, just read it, close it, done. He probably yep. wouldn't even know that there's an option to have it in in the clean room. So like you're reading it straight from RSS, and you just get you know nicely formatted paragraphs of text and images without any of the website's distractions. Um, yeah, I mean, I think about how I use RSS, and I'm really not bothered about. It being in an RSS reader in particularly, the thing I get out of RSS is that I get a constant feed of all the sites that I care about. And I can keep up to date on the articles without having to go to every single website, checking every single one every single day. Yep. If I could just have that list and it taps and loads in the browser, that's RSS done for me. That's great. But again, appreciate some people may want that, that kind of RSS experience, reading experience as well. So yeah, I think I'm being fair to everyone doing it this way. I that's where I'm going to land with it, I think. But yeah, <laughs> ask me again in a week. <laughs> okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFRpodcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before
0: we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's robohead spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's robohead spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave?
1: You can follow me online at daveknot.co.uk or on Twitter. I'm at underscore daveknot.